This is Aikido Discussed, your regular weekly Aikido podcast where we talk about everything that is the martial art of Aikido. I'm Christopher Hine, head instructor at Aikido of Fresno, and with me is... Joshua Tihi, assistant instructor at Aikido of Fresno. And Maya Solano-McDaniel, first QN student at Aikido of Fresno. We're back! Student. We're yeah, back! We made it! Got a little spice on it. Yeah, you do. It's true. Made it to another week. What episode are we on here? Uh, boy, it's a great question. It's like 167, 68, something like that. I think what's uh, awesome is I am sure that our listeners have a much better idea of what episode uh, we are on. I mean, obviously, because they'll look at it before they click, but um, then we then we do. But you're okay. like, I just show up. That's right. <laughs> I just show up every week and, you know, ma- it somehow magically appears in the thing. And <laughs> actually, it could not. And I would never know. So must be nice. Yeah. Chris says. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> the not guy, like, not the like guy I do. who has to edit. Um, but we do have a, a topic this week uh, that I think uh, at, at the very least uh, is on top of mind for all of us um, because we've been doing a lot of it lately uh, because of the quarantine and how things have kind of worked out and our ability to train um person to person is sort of limited and so we've been doing a lot of weapons training distance weapons training in the park and uh for the past oh, how long now months or has it been mm, or has i think it been... we started in Mars. yeah um and so now we're we're currently doing making our way through uh, our Joe syllabus. Um, and so we're going to talk a little bit about that today for the, on this uh, episode. Because I believe, and I think this was a question that Chris had on one of the tests maybe, um, about like, you know, of the weapons in Aikido, which sort of, you know, represents Aikido most to... You, and for me, it's I, I feel like the Joe really encapsulates the totality of what we're trying to do um, in in Aikido in a lot of different ways. So, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely the weapon that that clarified a lot of Aikido for me. I mean, a, a lot of uh, my understanding of Aikido kind of pivoted around that that Dog Brothers fight because. Um, it's what allowed me to see things differently and, and it took something kind of dramatic like that. And so I, I always credit the Joe with that and I, and I have an, a special, uh, affinity for it, mm-hmm. I think for that very reason. Well, and it's interesting because it is, um, similar, but it's so different than the Boken. Um, it sort of, to me, seems like the the yin and yang of the thing mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. um between the the joe and the bokan um but with the joe just really sort of like having that um that that energetic that flow to it that that ability to um be uh uranamote mm-hmm. you know to mm-hmm. be um in and out distanced and up close mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. yeah i was gonna say that like i feel like the joe is what a lot of aikido students of the weapons 
what a lot of Aikido students tend to attach to the most quickly or like they, they find the least threatening mm-hmm. at first, mm-hmm. um, depending on what you're interested in Aikido for. Um, if you're like, I want to play with swords, then of course the Boken is really the most exciting to you. Right. Um, it's funny though. I think that does actually fall short for a lot of people because there, there really is no transition to sword, right, you know? Right. But yeah. And I, I feel like I've heard a lot of new people go like, Oh, this Joe's really kind of awesome like mm-hmm. you know after their first class or first few classes mm-hmm. like oh my gosh there's a lot to this but like in a really fun kind of versatile way and like i don't know if, as someone who started aikido in kind of a more like uh nervous way of being you know not so like more nervous you know, more like nervous that. nervous way. <clears throat> well like you know that. what i mean like um i do actually <laughs> I do know. like uh, a little bit more tentative about mm-hmm using weapons and doing you know super physical stuff like the joe was very um non-threatening and kind of a little more inviting while still being like you know fully this thing that you're learning how to use in a martial way you know what i mean mm-hmm. i do know what you um mean. and so i think that's really cool for for a lot of people that get into aikido to, to the joe is it really does kind of encapsulate aikido mm-hmm. you know yeah so i think you're right like it's very and i think what i personally like about it also is uh more so than the bokan even i think um it has its own identity and its own characteristics and its own the way that it moves through uh the world through space mm-hmm. um and you have to have aiki with the stick in yeah. order to make it work yeah um and that to me i feel is like the thing that i got most from the the joe was like the ability to really become one to have that 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 aiki interaction with the weapon like with the weapon being able to put myself uh to fit myself with what it wants to do because it's a piece it's a piece of wood i'm not going to be able to bend it to to my will right right um but we can move harmoniously together in ways that uh, you know a, a protect me uh and you know b give me some uh autonomy you know i think that's kind of a, a astute and and subtle observation because you know it, it is just a piece of wood and so it's real easy to kind of delude yourself and go like well i'll just it, it's not even that heavy i just make it do whatever i want but the joe will quickly start teaching you that if mm-hmm. you do whatever you want it it won't react right, right. It, it will, it will, be, it'll it'll move stupidly stupid, yeah and then you'll see people who move well with the joe and you're like how come i can't do that you know like why why does it mine look like that well and i think by virtue of what it is that what you're talking about is is a really like it's very like teachable like you can learn a lot from it quickly because you will quickly like a be able to see what's happening and b you can just feel like yeah. this especially if you're hitting things you will quickly be able to feel like oh this this does not feel good or if you're doing any sort of um partner practices that involve like speed at at all you'll quickly realize like oh i'm too slow or you know and if you do it correctly it's almost it's fluid it's almost it is it's almost effortless in the way that aiki aikido practice should be effortless like we've talked about on the podcast before it's awesome too just kind of adding on to that like 
it kind of depersonalizes the feedback loop between so like between if you're doing something unarmed you know um the the feedback loop between the uke and the nage like working with another person if you're not really aware of the interaction that happens it's sometimes easy to like offload your own responsibility onto the other person Mm -hmm. in terms of if there's like the interactions not happening but like with the stick like you it's can't, all your fault. Right. You can't blame it on the stick. Like, it's just there being a stick, you know? Yeah. And so, like, the only person that's there is you. And so, like, it really kind of, um, you know, gives you, puts the, all the responsibility on you, which it, it always, the responsibility is always on you. But right, with the, right. the Joe, it's easier it's to see that, like, it's, you know, it either you're either making it work or something's not quite mm-hmm. happening right. Yeah. And I think that's really cool. Well, yeah, and I think that um, it also, from a technical standpoint, from the the physical standpoint of uh, learning proper body movement mechanics, uh, stuff like you know haragi and and all of that, you it's it's kind of instant with the the Joe as well. Like you pick that up so quickly because it is the only way. That you're going to be able to move correctly with this thing with your hand, both hands on it is if you are using your body correctly as well you know yeah, yeah. so i feel like um and i think you've said this before and i definitely felt it like when i started really training weapons heavily is when my uh aikido really started to like clarify yeah. um and you're- i was doing it you know a lot um both with the joe and the bokan but i feel like the the joe is definitely the thing that sort of you're, um, when you, I can tell any student who starts doing a lot of weapons, particularly Joe, because their uh, haragi and their kokiryoku will all of a sudden get a lot better. And it's because the stick forces you to do it correctly. And then also, I think because it's it longer, it works like kind of as a, um, like a, it magnifies the action mm-hmm. you have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you can more easily see when you're better, you know? Mm-hmm. So like mm-hmm. if you swing it right, then you can tell by right. looking at what right. it does. Right. Right. It's kind of like a magnify. Like I feel like that's a really <clears throat> yeah. good way to say it is like the Joe just in general is like a really good magnifying glass, glass for how things are yeah. going with yeah. you yeah. in Aikido. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. And you can take that as far as you want because it does also magnify so the physical aspects, but also, um, you know, as you're training with another person, uh-huh. it will quickly magnify whether you have Masubi with them, whether uh-huh. you have Zanshen with them, whether you understand my, like all of the things that you should be paying attention to yes. are, are crystal when you have, uh, when you have the Joe, because, uh, immediately you can see, oh yeah, my timing wasn't, wasn't anything on that. Oh, uh, they moved and I had no idea what was even happening um oh the distance was ridiculous on this you know mm-hmm. all of those things become like b- blaringly obvious um once you you know pick up a weapon yeah yeah it's specifically the joe but. yeah the joe's also you know so uh i kind of have this uh for anyone who's like looked at the patreon page and there's some stuff on the youtube too um where i'm going through um uh, syllabus you know so bokin sabuti in my opinion from aikido it, it's really not that great um and and the way i teach bokin now i i really don't rely heavily on sabuti training because i think it's it kind of fruitless um, for a really long time. And in, in fact, at its finest level, it is absolutely fruitless because it's not a sword. Like, 
I don't, I don't know how to explain this, but like, you know, when we look at Sabuti, a lot of the the details of getting good at Sabuti are to use the the weapon in a special prescribed way that ideally is the most efficient. Well, Aikido Sabuti is really not good at teaching you how to use a sword, and it's really not even particularly great at how to use a stick. I mean, like, grossly swing a club, yes. Um, so I don't think it's good for that. But the Joe Sabuti um, teaches you how to integrate your body with the Joe mm-hmm. and teaches you how the Joe moves, like, and how you have to move with the Joe and the timing and rhythm that happens with the weapon because... It can do so much more. Sabuti with the Joe is really good. And I, I still to this day like to practice solo Sabuti. I, I think it's a, it's a great practice. You That's know? really interesting. And I haven't thought about it, but you're a hundred. I think you're a hundred percent correct. Like the, the Sabuti with the Bokan. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it, it does very little. And I mean, partly this is because of the, the weapon itself. It does a singular thing, which yeah. is cut or throw, you know, a couple of different things. Um, and the, the Joe really is so much more versatile in yeah. what it's able to do, right? Like, and how it's able to turn over and what, you know, um, but even at that, like you don't, and we talked about this on the other podcast, the Subuti that we see for the Bokan, um, doesn't even really sh- like show what can be done with all of the things that can be done with the sword, right? right? In the same right. way that like, um, you know, long sword like yeah training does. yeah that's not the case necessarily for the 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 joe though you know the joe really does sort of lay out just about every kind of movement that you would be needing there are you know from. through through learning uh, european stuff um there is nothing i've seen in european syllabus for stick that is not covered in um, the Aikido, uh, Joe work. And, and some of those things are, um, uh, there's less emphasis. So it's, there might not be as many little variants on this kind of concept. Um, but there's not a lot in European weapon work at all that, that isn't included in the Aikido weapon work, uh, with Joe. With the sword, it was night and day. I mean, like right. having learned Aikido quote unquote sword and then learning a European sword system was like, oh, there's like, yeah. uh, <laughs> there's a bazillion <laughs> yeah, things that you can So do. many things not included. Right, right. There's tons of little yeah, like things that um yeah, were new to me also the same way with the the um you know, the Bokan, but well let's talk a little bit I mean, most people probably have a, a good idea of what of what the Joe is or like mm-hmm. the the history or sort of, you know, what it is and then you know maybe we can come go into a little bit about the syllabus itself because it's immense yeah i mean i think i think it, it there's some sticky wickets and i'm gonna i'm, I'm probably gonna talk above my pay grade a couple times um in here but essentially the 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 joe was a weapon that was designed to beat the the sword specifically um and uh the the historic um well, I don't know how much of this is fact and how much of this is, you know, myth. Myth. Um, but basically, the idea is uh, a, 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 uh, <laughs> I, well, I don't know how to how to how to term this guy actually because he's such an interesting there kind was a of dude. Yeah, there was a dude who um, 
was a uh, martial artist, and he um, had a fight with Miyamoto Masashi, and Masashi beat him, um, and it wasn't to the death, of course. And um, uh, the guy sat and thought about it, thought about it, thought about it, and then uh, came up with the idea of the Joe and how the Joe's advantages because of its length and its flexibility as a weapon, meaning that you can grab both sides of it and it can it can turn directions, um, that it, it could be... Uh, more advantageous in a fight in a lot of ways than a sword. And so he uh, practiced that a lot. And then supposedly, depending on who you talk to, like all this is so wrapped in myth, but that, you know, that he um, did well against Miyamoto Masashi. Some people saying he beat Miyamoto Masashi. Some people saying he didn't, but Miyamoto Masashi said it was his closest fight ever. Um, Other people saying that uh, Miyamoto Masashi beat him, but it was with great respect, you know, like all kinds of things. But Essentially, um, this is the idea, and, and that made uh, uh, Shinto Musoryu uh, Jojitsu, which is like that that style. Um, Aikido doesn't come from that lineage, so Aikido's Jo doesn't come from that lineage. Aikido's Jo uh, comes from a collection of work that Morihei Ueshiba did, and um, that work is. Uh, uh, vast and 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 weird and eclectic. Eclectic's mm-hmm. the word I yeah. want, um, because it's some spear stuff and it's some naginata stuff and it's some this and it's some that. Um, and in the end, if you ask me, he did a really good job of compiling stuff. And I've heard critics say, "Oh, you know, he didn't really know anything about um, Joe, and so it was kind of silly for him to teach a Joe system." But I'm a martial artist who knows a lot about uh, stick fighting at this point in my career, and I'll tell you that he didn't leave anything out. Right. So at least what got filtered through Saito Sensei, and Saito Sensei says, you know, the vast, vast, vast majority of what he knows comes from uh, O-Sensei, um, and so if that's the case, to me, the man understood sticks, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and- he made he didn't understand the Joe, quote-unquote, as it was taught by... Right, right. But it, he understood this length of stick and right, what it was capable right, of. Right, exactly. He, he right. figured out the the stuff you can do, the principles of right, what, exactly what right. that is. Right, and you know, if you look at him to use the Joe, uh, he's very fluent. You oh, know, yeah, like yeah, yeah. He, he understands it very well, and and that's a lot better than he understands the sword, um, in my opinion, because his sword works much more questionable. Um, and and I don't think he ever claimed to be a, a swordsman, you know, but he was interested in it, you know, um. But the, that's that's the Joe. That's kind of the lineage of, of of our Joe. And and mostly when you hear people talking about Joe work in Aikido that doesn't come from somewhere else, then they're talking about Saito Sensei's Joe work uh, or or Chiba's or you know any of the guys kind of around at that time working in the same ways. But you know Saito Sensei I think had the biggest syllabus and collection of that mm-hmm. stuff. And so um, let's let's run down the the syllabus a little bit. Um, cause there's a lot that, that, that is, that's going on with it Mo- mm-hmm. way more than the Bokan for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, uh, I use my own syllabus now, but it really isn't a huge, um, derivation from, from Saito Sensei's syllabus. It, it, it's just I, I put things in different orders and and cleaned up for my own taste, cleaned up the way a lot of things were done. But so basically, the Joe syllabus uh, there is a set of sabuti. Um, there are uh, twenty or twenty one, depending on how you want to count it, uh, from Saito Sensei. Um, uh, I should also say this is a, you know there's sticky wickets with Aikido because like. Um, 
uh, Tohei was was teaching a Joe syllabus also. Um, I really think Saito Sensei's influence in all that can't be pulled out. And I think Saito Sensei was really pivotal in teaching all of those guys the foundation of their Joe work if it didn't come from another lineage. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Saito Sensei says that his Joe work all comes from stuff that Yoshiba did that he pulled out and made clearer. Mm-hmm. He cataloged uh, it. Right, right. So, And I, I don't want to be kind of accused of being too Saito Sensei favoritist you know like I, I like him too much or that i'm you know but i really do think that he's pivotal in that and, and i think honestly i think that is his greatest single contribution to aikido um although there's some interesting stuff he did with taijutsu and 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 systematizing there's some interesting stuff but but his formalization of the weapon stuff is is where it's at um anyways so uh uh that's um I, I kind of lost my place, but so we were. Uh, there was the the Sabuti. The Sabuti. Yeah, the Sabuti. Okay, so there's the Sabuti, and there's uh, twenty or twenty-one, depending on how you want to count those. Um, then there are a set of forms, and for uh, Saito Sensei, so these are kata, and this is, these are solo forms. Um, Saito Sensei has a six-count kata, a thirteen-count kata, and a thirty-one-count kata. Um, so those are all commonly practiced, um, and that's just a kata, you know, and, and they are that many movements long, and they're they're literally called that in Japanese, which is, you know, a six-count form, a 13-count form, and a 31-count uh, form. Then there is a set of uh, kumi-jo. Uh, kumi means paired. Uh, jo is the weapon. So paired jo forms, um, and Saito Sensei has 10 of those. And then Saito Sensei has a... Uh, a 31 kumijo, which is a uh, 31 partner practice that is uh, paired. And then there's also a 13, um, but the 13 is, uh, it's definitely a part of Saito Sensei's work. It's, it's, it's much, much less cleverly thought out, in my opinion, than, than is 31. Um, and then there is some remnants of some six count kata stuff, but most of it's even, even less clear than that and then he does have a set of um kentai joe which is uh the joe versus the 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 sword the sword man that is uh just saying i mean it it is a lot to get through and i know for us like typically when we um the way that we study our weapons it's like we take one weapon and and sort of work through the entire syllabus right. and then blah, blah, blah. and so it always takes Oh God! Way like, way like longer months, to get through uh, the Joe syllabus. Oh yeah, uh, and sometimes we maybe don't even make because yeah. it's there's just so much of it. Yeah. If I'm really being detailed and I really want to work through the whole syllabus, it will take close to a year. Probably take about eight nine months to get yeah. through it for everybody. For regular classes, for right. people to pick right. it up. Right. Yeah, and that's yeah, and that's you know, of course, lots of like, oh, this person hasn't been here in three weeks, so we've got to kind of right, catch right. them up. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but you spend a lot of time, you know, and it might be different from school to school, but you you tend to spend a lot of time really explaining why each thing is done or what the, you know, what the targeting is, what the distancing is, what's the 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 thought behind why you're doing something especially in the partner practices, you know, this thing is happening and then you don't get to do this, so instead you do that. You know, every piece you explain out. So I can imagine that if you were just kind of teaching it, you know, more just by by rote you know just memorize 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 that that it might go a little bit faster oh yeah you could go through it pretty fast but the problem with that is you get what i had after you know several years of studying joe um which was 
an, a, a really poor understanding of, of what it was tactically and strategically. Mm-hmm. Um, and I could do all the stuff and it looks nice. You know, um, I, I don't know if I'm that much better now at my forms than I was then, but, um, my understanding of it was weak. And so, and so, you know, the dog brothers fight and, and you, know, this is another thing I'll say about Aikido Joe work. And when people always want to talk about practical and blah, 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 blah. You know, I did a whole bunch of taijutsu. And when I did MMA, none of that worked. When I did one full contact stick fight, the Joe worked just fine. Right. So like the methods that I learned of learning the Joe actually teach you how to use the Joe. Mm-hmm. Like, um, you know, and I'm an athletic person. I, I spend a much time training on my own and all that kind of stuff. But nonetheless, it worked. It worked just fine. So, you know. And it worked without, like, as you were saying, like, it worked without you necessarily understanding why. That's exactly why right. At the time. Exactly right. right. Learning right. it by rote, right. you know. Right. And so the weaknesses that I found from that, though, like, you know, in the Dog Brothers fight, I remember getting hit in the leg. And literally thinking, we don't really have any leg defenses, you know, like I, I literally thought that. And then, you know, I took a little time and, and I, I thought through it and I was like, oh, no, there's like three. And then realizing that it's like, no, there are a ton right, right. and there are attacks and there are reasons for the attacks. And and I, I really at that point started thinking I have to go through it like with a fine tooth right. tooth comb now and find out what all this stuff is. And I remember uh, you telling a story about uh, as you were there, you kept like switching back into Kenkamai and then and wondering like why do I why is this feel more comfortable for me right, right now, I mean yeah you know? this is a big thing was you know <laughs> Ski Kamai we use it so much in training and I would go in, I would sw- I switch into it in the Dog Brothers fight and go oh no I don't want this and go back to Kenkamai and I was like why do I do that you know and so now you know my students all know exactly why you would use all the Kamai like wh- why the Kamai are useful and you know Kamai like for me were just learned as rote you know here are yeah, the like three Sometimes we use this one. Sometimes there's this right. one. That's right. it. You right. Know? There's Joe Kamai. There's Ski Kamai. There's Kin Kamai. Yeah. That's it. And and those are those are pretty much you know the, they there, just you just use right. them whenever right. you want. Right. You know it's, yeah. it's arbitrary. This um, is the one when you're using it like a stick. This is how it has to be when you're using it like a the right. when, you're, when you're thrusting with it. Blah blah blah. Right. And, yeah. And and it's it's just really myopic. And and it means when you learn that way, you can't get. The most out of the syllabus. Now we will train you on a intuitive level right, yeah, to do stuff, yeah. but there will be there will be gaps in that, um, mm-hmm. and and I experienced those firsthand, and so that's why I set out to really clarify. And in, in working to clarify it, and this comes from you know not only practicing and teaching, but also going outside of the system and looking at other systems and training with other people and all this stuff. I really found that like there wasn't anything missing, just my understanding of right. it was missing you had to find out you had to find where it was right yeah. right and so that's why when i teach i'm i'm very adamant about saying here's why we would use this and all my students can tell you what kin kamai's for what ski kamai's for yeah. when's a good time to use it when's a bad time to use it you know yeah um we could go through i don't know i have some random questions i can throw at you that maybe would help people to understand like those little kind of nuggets of understanding that are kind of good to have when you're looking at the Joe. First one that comes to mind is why, what's Hasso Gaishiuch or what's Hasso about and mm-hmm. why do we go mm-hmm. to Hasso Kamai? Like, you know, mm-hmm. why, what, what's that all that mm-hmm. about? Yeah. So, uh, Hasso's a really specialized Gaishiuch. Um, and I think understanding Gaishiuch is, is 
kind of something we have to talk right. about First, even before right, we get right, this right, because yeah. right. I personally mm. didn't understand Guy Huge for a, a very long time, um, let alone Hasa Guy Huge, uh, which I think is a special case. But Guy Huge is just turning the weapon over, and it, it's directly in the name. You know, Gaishi in Japanese means to like flip something over, um, and Guy Huge means to flip something over and strike. And so you get like gate on Guy Huge, um, and when you you see it, you know, like pretty much. So in the if you just go through the syllabus, you know, like just memorize these things. Uh g and Jodungaishuch, and so which is low turnover strike and high turnover strike, and then Hasogaishuch are the three that you become you're you're obviously made aware of and told names for. But then when you get to the Kumijo, the partner form, you will see other Gaishuch that there is isn't talked about, at least wasn't talked about when the way I learned it. Now, I didn't learn it directly from Saito Sensei, so maybe he did talk about it more. And I have talked to, with students of his later who um, informed me about a lot of things that he called stuff that I didn't get. Mm -hmm. But also the people that I talked to really were people who were on him asking him questions. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I think m what I've inferred from this is he didn't talk about it and make a big deal about it. He just did it. And then if you asked, here's yes, the name he right, told right, them right, for right, it, right, you know, right. um, because I have uh, from a couple different people got a couple different names, but it, that's all aside. But anyway, so then there's these other guys huge and, and they're used but not in the Sabuti. And and the reason for that, really, in my opinion, is because once you understand the basic idea of a guy shoot, you can do it high, low, right, mid, right. coming up, you know coming one, down. You know them all. Right. Exactly right. right. Um, so it's like we don't really need to do that. But in order to free students up to use them all, they they need to be exposed to them. And that's why I explicitly go through them in my spear forms because I want the students mm -hmm. specifically to see those. Um, so when you understand that what a Gaishiuch is is a turnover strike, and so we're using the other end, um, and generally that's because um, that end is going to be more available because one end was knocked away or held or controlled or whatever. Um, once we understand that, then we can see the really special use of a Hasso Gaishiuch. And a Hasso Gaishiuch is special because... It's very explicit in its defensive and offensive properties, and it kind of really shows you um, more of the ways to use Gaishuch, or uh, yeah, Gaishuch. And and so what I'm saying is, once you learn Hasso Gaishuch, you actually learn Yoko Gaishuch, Gaishuch Yage, Gaishuch Komi. You kind of learn them all through that. Like it, mm -hmm. it gives you all the other remaining actions because of the the multitude of ways it can be put out there. Um, and then you also see the defensive properties of a Gaishuch in Hasso Gaishuch, which you don't see in Jodan Gaishuch or right. Geren Gaish. So, um, so because you don't see them, it's really interesting. And then it teaches you the awesomeness of Hasso no Kamai after that. And Hasso no Kamai is, is one of these things. It's like, you know, when I went through the system, there's three Kamai we talked about a lot, which was, um, Ken, Ski, and Joe, uh, Kamai. And, uh, there are other Kamais that are taught in the mm -hmm, system, mm -hmm. but they're not as explicitly outlined, and you're not told what they're good for. So, for example, Hasano Kamai is your multiple attacker Kamai because it puts you in a position to strike all sides. Now, when you look at it in the Sabuti and you understand that, you say... Oh, that's why the Sabuti teaches you two forward attack, two back attacks, and a sweeping attack that covers all directions right. because Hasano Kamai is for that. But ask the general person in, in Aikido community, what's Hasano Kamai? That's a variation on Ken Kamai. It's a flourish. Yeah, it's a flourish. Right. Like, yeah. you know, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah the whole thing, yeah. I, I really think that's, I mean, that would be most people's answer, and that's certainly what I thought going into it, but 
kind of getting all of those pieces really illuminates how much you're learning in that, you know, five, you know, action set of, you know, those five the Hoss, in the Hasso series. Like, right. it's, it's amazing. The Scythe Sensei has them broken down, uh, each of the Sabuti, into a set of skills. And they're really cleverly put together. And, and I would I would like more information on how much of that's O-Sensei, how much of that's Saito Sensei, how much that's influenced from other places. But So they're basically broken down. The first set of five Sabuti, five practice swings, is the Skinobu. And, and those are all things that have to do with thrusting. And in that, you learn a lot of stuff even though I think it mostly goes unseen. Like you don't realize that there's defensive actions in there, there's position changes, there's reactions, so there's Conran, uh, adaptive techniques for other things. There's all kinds of stuff in these five little simple forms that that in lots of ways I remember learning and going like, oh, you know, these aren't enough, but it's like they're really elegantly put together, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know. So the first set's the Skinobu, then the second set is the Minuchi Nobu, which I think Saito Sensei just calls the Uchi uh, Shomenuchi Nobu. I call them Minuchi Nobu because they're all head strikes. But those all have to do with um, long-ranging strikes, right? So like strikes that are from Kinkamai and the, all that whole series and generally built towards the head. And those, again, teach you not only basic attacks, but adaptive attacks and changes to other Kamais and changes to other positions and defenses and all kinds of stuff's taught in that. And then after that, he teaches the Katate Nobu, which is the one-handed series. And that teaches you extreme long-range attacks that are done one-handed. Also teach you one-hand weapon negotiation. So meaning that, you know, if you're not used to handling it in one hand, if one hand got knocked off or broken, you might find it difficult to use the weapon. Or, and, and this is... Uh, so many times this has happened and it's only from training but um you're swinging that thing insanely it wants to rip itself out of your hand and it will and if you understand how you can bring it back under control with one hand which these um techniques show it's helpful And, and that's happened to me numerous times where you know i've swung through and you know one hand gets lost and yeah yeah totally um, and then after the Katate Nobu is the Hasogaishi Nobu, which is what Maya was just talking about. And that's the everything that works off that Hasogaishi, which is a specialized Gaishi Uch that, that kind of does a lot of really cool stuff. Um, and also teaches you about Hasono Kamai and how to use that for multiple attackers, which is very, very important. Um, and then after that's the Nagari series, which is the flowing series, the series that teaches you how to move around with the weapon and, and, and uh, transition very fluidly from one thing to another thing. Let's talk a little bit about um, this thing that we do all the time um, that, that might seem a little weird. The, we, we refer to it as the subet, but it's essentially that sort of drawing back uh-huh. motion um, that uh, we use a lot of times when we're coming out of Jokamai or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, and, and what that's really all about, because that was one that to me um, was, so, was kind of eye-opening once I be, once I figured out exactly all of its various uses and also confusing for a lot of people in that um it if you're just doing it in some ways it, it seems counterintuitive because you know essentially what you're doing is pulling the the tip of the weapon away from someone uh-huh. so that you could put it back on someone. right so right, why right. wouldn't you just for instance if we're in skikamai you know a lot of times uh, you'll see as we're moving in to thrust someone, we do this really nice like drawback and they come in. Why don't I just step forward and right. thrust? Like, yeah. w- you know, w- what's the good of, of that thing? Yeah. 
Yeah. So, you know, Sube, uh, if you learn the Iwama system, at least like the way I learned it, was the Sube just is part of ski. So if you ski, you Sube. And Sube is the pullback. So it, you do. And it's kind of like a little wind up or something, right? And and I was told initially that it makes for a more powerful strike. By striking that way, you're more powerful than you would be to just like, you know, kind of brute force, hold it with both hands and shove it forward. The way a caveman would do. Right, right, <laughs> right. And I think that a lot of people believe that to be true, that that's, that's what its main function is. Um, uh, the first time I saw anyone even talking about it was on this uh, Japanese... Um, um, uh, TV show. Uh, so I had a bunch of old tapes from my teacher when he was in Japan and there was a, a TV show on Japan that would show, um, uh, Budo and, 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 uh, all the different like styles of martial arts and, and talk about it and stuff. And, and there was a spear episode and in that spear episode, they were talking uh, about the action and how it works and like how, um, that in the spears and they were using really long spears and how they pull, pull it back, um, to set it up to strike and, and use it to like get around things and stuff mm -hmm. like that. And I was like, Oh, you know, that, that's clever. Like, well, I guess that's kind of cool, whatever. And I didn't think too much of it. And then uh, when I started teaching on my own, uh, I was really obsessed with getting a lot of power with the Joe, and I wanted to get the most power possible. And so I started really testing whether it was more powerful or not to draw back and slide forward. And my conclusion, very unscientifically, but over lots of years of playing with it, was it's not. In fact, I think it's a little less powerful than it is just hold two hands on and there. It's, it's definitely slower. It's slower. <laughs> yeah. And it is less, um, it's more likely to give you problems, right? So meaning just holding it targeting with both problems, hands. Targeting problems, things. sliding through your hand problems, getting splinters, it's sticking it at the wrong time. So, you know, that slide through is, is all good and well until you get a little bit of like sweat or something on your hand or the your really humid day and the the stick gets sticky and it doesn't slide through your hand like it used to you know so there's a lot of problems that come with subet and so i was like well it it this can't be about power right like that's not its thing and then that made me think about that video i'd saw and then started making me realize all the things that you can use subet for right so if your your weapons um in traffic meaning that it's like you know um held to the side suppressed in a way you can subet and you will instantly clear that traffic if someone's trying to grab it you can subet and it will disappear from them if you are setting a timing for someone you can use subet to trick them into believing one timing's happening when you deliver a completely different uh, timing. When you use Subet, you can set up all Gaishi Uchi action without them being able to perceive that Gaishi Uchi is about to happen. Like, it's so utilitarian. It does so much awesome stuff, but the reason is not because it makes right. you more powerful. And, and once you get into, and I often find myself doing this, once you get into that sort of pulled back position, so I don't know what you would call it, but essentially hands both ends of the stick. Right, right. Um, that's a really nice position to be with from a defensive standpoint um, because uh, it gives you obviously the most uh, control or whatever uh, through the middle of the through the entirety of the stick right. that you can use to protect yourself, you know? So a lot of times like I kind of, uh, that's just a, a hangout position right. that I'm in that almost like for me it would be a, a separate Kamai. Right. Um, just because I, I find it to be a very useful position to be in. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that I think that realizing that that 
is not the only way in which you can deliver a thrust is a a pretty important thing that yeah. I think um, is missing. You know, is missing. And I know we look at it in the um, in the spear forms. Right. You know, we look at all of those other ways that you can deliver deliver thrusts. You know. Other questions? <laughs> I'm trying to think of some like common stuff that that people kind of maybe think, think miss about, or yeah. yeah don't don't perceive. It, you know, I mean, I think one of the biggest things, and this is like the most kind of duh, but but at the same time, like no one does this. Like most Aikido practitioners don't hit stuff with yeah. their their Joe. <laughs> yeah. Um, and if you don't hit stuff with your Joe, you won't realize what it's going to feel like to hit stuff with your Joe, right? So that sounds so oh, stupid, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's like the weapon will have a reaction in your hand that is different than when you swing it at the air. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um. So, so you really, it will be shocking the first time you hit the shit out of something with that stick. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we do a fair amount of stick on stick. And I think, uh, you know, a lot of Aikido people are like, oh, that's pretty good. But it's not. You have to hit things, heavy things. Like we used to have, I used to have all these things in my backyard to hit like tires and um, uh, pads wrapped around trees. And, and, you know, I'm not talking about just doing like uh, Ichino Sabuti from, from this, the, you know, like, so a lot of people in the Uwama lineage really love a big showman overhead strike and smash, you know, uh, you know, big powerful smash. But you have to hit in all the ways that you're going to hit. You have to hit with Gaishi Uchi. You have to hit with Ski. You have to transition to another thing. You have to get hit and then turn around and hit. Like, you have to do all these combinations of things. And through doing that repeatedly, your body will naturally learn how to use the stick efficiently. I think, too, there's just so many layers when you're learning Joe of things to pay attention to. And it's really fascinating to watch. I know in class right now, we have many different levels of people learning Joe, you know, people that it's, you know, uh, they, you know, they've done it many rounds of times, mm -hmm. you know, all the times that we've done Joe, um, to people, you know, a couple of kids that are brand new, um, to Joe and have never done, seen it before. Um, and it's fascinating to work with each kind of level of people, um, and, and see, like what they're focusing on or what they're learning, you know, cause at first often it's just like trying to figure out where to put their feet and like, what the joe's doing you know like what am i even doing you know right what is this sabuti to the next thing of like um okay now they roughly kind of know what they're supposed to be doing now let's pay attention to like making sure that they're at a good angle you know that they're actually getting off the line that their distancing is appropriate that their targeting is where it's supposed to be you know and it kind of goes up from there to like okay your distancing and targeting is pretty good but like um is it fluid? You know, mm -hmm. is it, is one thing rolling into the next thing? Is it, you know, or are you paying attention to what's supposed to be happening or, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. and so it's really fascinating to see like each of those levels kind of go up and it's for whatever reason, it's, it's, I feel like it's easier to perceive with the Joe, especially because the distancing and is so important and targeting is so clear, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. um, that it's, it's very enlightening. That like gets back to the point we made at the beginning about it sort of being the magnifying glass and i yeah. think what's what's great about it is exactly what you're saying like it also your understanding and learning of it follows the trajectory of like what you should be learning as you're moving up the yeah up the aikido ladder you know what right, i'm saying right right um opposite opposite of sort of the the empty-handed techniques in a lot of ways, you know, where it's like empty-handed techniques, it's all about um, 
technical whatever in the beginning and then it moves like back a little bit backwards mm -hmm. if that makes sense whereas like with the joe especially if you're doing it the way we're doing it, it's it, it, you're learning the gross movements and everything in the f beginning and then as you begin to get better with it then you're able to use it better in relation to the to other people right I mean, right, that right. Make, to me yeah, you know yeah. like uh like uh, i think a lot of a lot of times Aikido practitioners get stuck in the minutiae of it. And, and there's a lot of debate and arguments about, you know, what's exactly the right angles or all this kind of stuff. And, and so, you know, I look at it like making a sculpture, you know, if, if you, if you're going to make a big sculpture and you're going to use a really fine little chisel, it's going to take you forever to, to get it, you know, whereas like, you know, you can just knock out big chunks with a giant chisel or even a hammer, just hit the shit out of it at first. And, and we start sculpting it, you know? And so my opinion is, you know, grossly, I want all my students to understand the sabuti. I don't care if they're detailed. I don't care if they're as long as they can roughly do the action, they've learned to move to the next step. And the next step is learn how to use that when hitting something or being hit, right? And so yes. that's the next step. And then the next step after that is to become fluent from transitions for one action into the next action. And then once they can do that, then they can start to work more and more on minutia, right? Like, and, and, and during all that process, they need to learn the tactics and strategy of the Joe. So why would I choose this strike? Why would it happen? Am I facing one person? Am I facing multiple people? Am I facing a long range attack, a short range attack? Is this person faster than me? Am I faster than them? All this stuff has to be answered. And the syllabus really beautifully um, teaches it. It's just, you have to talk about it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You have to really lay it out and, and be clear. Cause I do think like you were saying, you know, and, and, and uh, I feel like I learned it at least in the ve the beginning, very similar to you, how you learned it, because that's how you were teaching at the time, yeah, teaching it at the time, and that has since changed. But, um, and you know, you're able to get a whole lot out of it. Um, but again, it's it's intuitive knowledge, you know, right? Um, so, and and I've actually seen that with some of our students, where it's like, um, they under if if I. Uh, matched up with them and i came at them swinging uh a stick and they they would know the things to do with their weapon to protect themselves right um but you know they may not have the best answers right for a particular right. you know they they, and, ca they can't solve the problems right and so so like you know and and i've maya's uh talked to me about this recently a, a fair amount which is like you know, when you're sparring with someone and you're having real life, real time situations happen, you will consistently notice a problem. I deal with this badly. If you understand the syllabus and the way it's designed, then you can answer that problematic question, right? You can go, oh, it's a distancing problem. It's a speed problem. It's a whatever, whatever kind of problem it is. But if you just know it by rote, then you can only do what you do. And if you hit a problem, you don't know how to solve the problem. Right. right. Yeah. Which is what I, you know, after the Dog Brothers fight, I was like, hey, I did real well. That's cool. But what about this and this and this where I felt shitty? Mm -hmm. And it took me years of working with it to understand the answers to those questions, right. you know. It's also, I mean, even apart from like doing any kind of sparring, I feel like, you know, I find this a lot where I 
my partner is doing something wonky and I need to figure out like in forms training. Yeah. In forms training. Yeah. Um, and they're doing something weird in the form or, you know, like we end up really close to each other or the angles kind of off or something, you know, something's off and I can't figure out what, and it's a fun and difficult experience to try and diagnose like what, what's going wrong between both of us, because usually it's both sides is something's going on and then trying to, to explain to them, what exactly is going wrong and then how to fix it. And that's been a, a fun and difficult experience. I feel like, especially with Joe, because it's once again, it's like a magnifying glass. It's easier to, to easier to see that there is a, a glaring problem, but still difficult to figure out like, why is this happening? Like, and, yeah. <laughs> and oftentimes right. I'll, you know, I'll see that there is a problem, but I'll let it continue to happen because I can't exactly figure right. out how to address it yet. So I don't feel comfortable kind of saying, Hey, um, try this instead but i think it's you know if we had just been doing forms and it's just you know this is the way we do it i mean i guess the answer would be simply hey you're not doing it right this Mm -hmm. is how you should do it right right but like that doesn't actually explain it to the person of why they should or shouldn't be doing it that way or why they're doing it a different way right and even more importantly to the person who's receiving the wonky technique who's doing it quote unquote right and the other person's doing it wrong why that is and what they would do to correct right, for it right, you know right, like yes. so well, so that was the other thing that i was going to say you know a lot of times what will happen is someone's doing something wonky um and i just correct it yes you'll correct, I'll for correct them. it on my end right for yes, it, yes, you know yes. um doing something that's you know and that's not probably the best thing but for the sake of and especially depending on where they're at the other person is at in their training right it's what we're going to do so that we can get through the thing um so there is that side of it too, where it's like, if you do understand, then you can just kind of correct for it and go like, oh, well, they're coming in a whole bunch on this. So, you know, I'm going to need to be stepping out or, you know, I'm right. going to need, yeah. you know, um, so you can definitely do that. But yeah, it's, um, I think that's a good point too, that like at different levels of what your partner is at, like you're going to have to kind of correct for that, like so that the form ends up working out the way that it should, you might have to end up creating some more distance to account for their weird distancing or change the angle to account for their weird angling. And like, it's part of it, you know, A lot but of times, as they, as they move up the ranks, you have to start to kind of pull back off of doing that for them and right. point it out to them, you know, right. which is, can be dificult. Or a lot of times, you know, uh, what you do is, uh, you know, something comes off wrong and you just, let them know like hey look yeah i would hit you right here you know that kind of thing yeah um a lot of times you know what i experience is like um a difficulty of having to and this is why it's such a great tool i think in training to match my opponent's uh intent Mm -hmm. even if sometimes they're not uh, they don't they're not intentful on it a hundred percent because they don't, they don't know, know what or their like intent whatever. is right um and so that becomes difficult and it, it's it's a matter of timing and a lot of other stuff but it you have to really up your um awareness awareness and yeah. what you're putting back out to them because you know there are times when you know people are coming in and maybe they don't even they're they're not they know a strike they're supposed to do a strike somewhere in, around your head head space mm-hmm. <laughs> you know <laughs> in um, the general vicinity and of that's your head. A, right and that's a big kind of wild thing that can happen in a whole myriad different ways 
Um, and so being able to really pick up on like, okay, this is, this is the, um, this is the pace that's happening. And a lot of times yeah. for me, what I realize is like, if I just stop for a second and just like hone in, uh, and I can just figure out, oh, this is the pace they want to move at and go at that pace, then everything just sort of magically right. fixes, Works out. fixes itself. Yeah. Um, yeah. If I don't and I, and I, you know, am just want to get through it or do mm. my own thing, then it yeah. just feels like crap for, you know, however. And so it's like, it does, again, magnifying, it forces you to go like, why, why does this feel so stupid? And do something about it, you know. Mm -hmm. I think, too, because the, the Joe is a big stick and people, even small people, can swing it pretty hard and fast. Like, the awareness level has to be so much higher. Right. Um. You know, where, like, maybe in taijutsu, like, the worst that's going to happen is, like, you might get a hand in your face or something. Right. With this, it's like, you get your fingers smashed. Oh, sure. And, like, you know, there are still times... I mean, there are times all the time where like my awareness is very high with some, especially with new people, because it's like, I really have to be careful of the distancing, especially if we're doing some kind of barai where we're clearing that line mm -hmm. and, and the stick's getting, you know, s swung pretty hard, mm -hmm. you know, and, mm -hmm. you know, if I don't watch out, if I don't, you know, defensively drive, so to speak, mm -hmm. like my fingers might get whacked, you well, know, and that's, and that's a, a both of us problem. Well, and you that's know? one of those situations too, where it's very interesting where like, um, that the, it can move from like zero to a hundred oh, in yeah. terms of intensity yes. like that. Right. And so that's something to also watch out for where it's like, you know, for part of the thing, you're moving at a really kind of cool whatever. But then when the attack part comes, suddenly it's... Ah. There's and nothing, so you have to kind of... There's nothing like that 31 uh, partner practice that we do because there is a there is a tendency for everyone, but I feel like especially for, for the newer you get, the more people want to ramp up as they go. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I still do it, but so it's even worse with new people. But like as you do 31 counts of a, form. a of a form like it just goes faster and faster even if you start slow faster and faster and harder and like it, it can just crumble and yeah. so it really requires a lot of attention and and, yeah. and that know. that attention you know is a really good byproduct mm -hmm. like yeah, it's yeah, really yeah. important for your ike and that's why i think yeah that's why i mean i really a that's why i appreciate the practice and b that's why i think and say that, that that like it really encapsulates all of the things that you should be doing all of the time, even in the empty-handed uh, techniques and stuff. The but, quote unquote. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that that you can just kind of overlook when you're doing it, like that yes. you should be doing. Like I know that I should be in every engagement, koki misubi wase zanshin, blah blah blah. Even you know, but. With the Joe, especially even more so than the the Bokan, it is imperative you do that because if you don't, there is a chance that you're going to get you're going to get done. You know, you're going to get hurt. So, yeah. Okay, we're at fifty five minutes here. Whoa. Oh wow, that went quick. Yeah, that went quick. Well, in, in case people don't know, we all love the Joe. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I feel. I mean, I really do like. I I do I, I love it. I don't know I, <laughs> I love it <laughs> I I think I just it's the mo it's super versatile it's 
I think for me, it's the, the, the weapon I feel most comfortable with in terms of like moving around with and existing in the world with, you know, mm-hmm. um, more so than the Bokan or, or anything. February 14th, Josh had a special card that said, I'm not joking. I love you, Joe. <laughs> love you, Joe. I, I did. You, I did. No. <laughs> this is the episode where Josh professes his, his love, love for the Joe. Undying love for the Joe. For the Joe. <laughs> My Joe specifically. <laughs> That I named Joe. <laughs> so creative. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go ahead and thank our patrons. All right. <laughs> thank you so much to our patrons. You guys make it possible for us to continue to do this podcast. We love you guys yes. so much. And um, we, if you're interested in becoming a patron, you can uh, go on patreon.com Patreon. and search Aikido Discussed. Or I believe there's one, uh, um, a link in, in our SoundCloud? SoundCloud or in our uh, wherever you're wherever listening to the podcast. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you can always go to Patre- Patreon if you can't find that link. Um, so thank you so much to the Dirt Wasp podcast, Chris, protector of ducks, Comouth, Jeremy, Nick, White Belt Bullman, yes. Ooh, okay. Brad V, Yero Madrona, er, El, Ter- El Terrible, Brooke Ferragamo, Ben Bear Rustler Aldrich, Tommy Siv, Francis Cordone, Scott Burns, Dave Dewberry, Sension Center, Barrett Lippy, Sam Sulian, Michael Heed, Okan Ayrton, Marchin Chis, Randy Stewart, Thomas Polino, Hillary Jones, Constantinos Andrew, Franz Martinson, Yuli Simgu, Brian Crowley, Lisa Klein, Sharon Okada, Christopher Acido, Matt Mumford, Jim Gallant, Matt Riley, Jim Iron Monkey Sullivan, oh, yes. Grant Templin, and Lenny Iron Acuna. I like nice. how many of these people are now adding their little nickname yeah. in the middle. I love the nicknames. Love They're wonderful. Tip of the week. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you haven't done Joe stuff already, please do it. Joes aren't that expensive. You just get one, especially now if you're still in quarantine. Um, if you're not going to do contact, you can just use a broom or anything. Oh, that's you know? true. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, broom handle. Um, and if you do do Joe already, do 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 Joe. <laughs> you I, I was hoping you weren't going to say anything. I'm about twelve. That. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> if you already do Joe, then. Um, uh, kind of challenge yourself to find some explanations as to why you do what you do you know specifically like uh why does this action follow that action in this particular form Mm -hmm. or you know what could be the reasoning for me blocking you know for me striking the knee here instead of the head or whatever whatever it is challenge yourself to um answer a question about some of your joe work and try and figure out why uh why you might do what you do Mm -hmm. Um, cause it's very enlightening and yeah. it makes it that much more, uh, fulfilling. And also then you're able to explain that to other people. Like, I, this is why we're doing yeah. this. I would say, uh, uh, so really spend some time with it. Once you start going through the Sabuti, uh, and you feel like you're fairly good, uh, at it, um, in the sort of traditional sense, the traditional stance, flip it to the other side. And see if you can do uh, all the stuff from the other stance. And, and oh, oh for the like... kumi joe, you mean? Uh, no, j- well, uh, for the uh, like for the sabu, you know, because we typically do the sabuti just from uh, you know ski kamai from the. So you're saying do ski kamai with your left foot forward? Do oh oh yeah, do the other side. Yeah, yeah, oh, that's hard. Yeah, oh, that's fun. Yeah, yeah, and and you'll see. You're left-handed and right. Yeah. Yeah, left-handed, right-handed. That's a good way to say. It. That's a good challenge, um, and it's a it's a really good challenge, and it really forces you to kind of like. And there will be some situations because if you're not used to 
uh, especially when you're doing stuff that's like a strike, like a sword strike, and you're not used to left hand um, forward, left hand forward strikes, it'll feel weird, and you'll want you'll get confused and end up switching your hands back. Work through it, yeah, because um, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Also, too, if you have a group of three, if there's three of you, then you can try some multiple attacker stuff with the Joe. Like not actually hitting each other, maybe, but like maybe, I maybe like, I don't maybe. know, maybe um, whatever, whatever you're interested in doing. Um, but go to that that Hasso position and and see how different ways that you can strike those people depending on where they're located around right. you. Right, because that's that's pretty enlightening. It's as good well. training. All right, folks, we will talk Man. to you next week. Yeah. Goodbye. <laughs>